You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit our website at insideactingpodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Elgott and on this podcast we interview writers, actors, filmmakers, managers, producers, agents, casting directors, voiceover artists, hopefully soon some motion capture artists. And we stick those interviews into this podcast, which we put out every week on the internet for free for anybody who would like to listen to it. On today's episode, we have part two of our chat with filmmaker Ryan Sage. He made his first feature film called Worth the Wait via an ad on Craigslist. So it's really kind of a neat story. And um, this is this this interview is, is all about persistence and making it happen and not letting fear stop you. So really good stuff, guys. Stick around for that. So hey everybody, welcome to episode 77, happy Tuesday evening for those of you who are listening to this or recording it as I am on a Tuesday evening. Uh, my name's Trev, I'm flying solo this week, AJ is in Noosa Heads, Australia, working on that gig that he's been talking about the past few um, past few episodes and it's pretty freaking amazing um, what he's manifested, so make sure you give him a shout out on Twitter, give him a little internet high five um, for making that happen for himself. Uh, we were going to possibly try to to link up over the internet and record this episode together, but um, as long-time listeners know, we don't always have the best of luck getting technology to work with us in that way. So uh, in this instance, we were just like, screw it. You know, I'll just fly solo. I want to get the episode out on time and, and all that fun stuff. So it's just me this week, and on that note, uh, next week... And the week after, I believe, I know definitely next week, uh, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going up to Vermont with some family for a little bit of R&R, and I'm turning off the cell phone, I'm taking off my watch, and I'm just going to kind of go off the grid for, for nine or ten days. And then I get back on a Tuesday night, and AJ, uh, I don't even know if he'll be back in town yet, and I'm, I'm, when I get, I'm actually flying back early so I can work on some video stuff. That's kind of one of my thrival jobs is some video production stuff. So uh, I'm going to kind of fly back headfirst into some more work. So it might be difficult for us to get an episode out two weeks from now as well. So um, all that said, that um, this may be our last episode for at least one week, maybe two weeks, but that doesn't mean that we're going away or giving up or quitting. We've got a lot of really, really fantastic interviews in the can already that we're really, really excited to to bring to you guys. So make sure you stay with us. I don't really have any kind of major lessons learned for this week. It's just been um, a really busy week as I try to tie up some loose ends before I before I head out. So let's just um let's just roll into this interview this is part two with filmmaker ryan sage it's more of the great stuff we heard in part one so enjoy and i'll see you guys on the other side So this, the film has now 
screened several times, yeah? Yes. I mean, both in yeah. L.A. and I think in New York's coming up as well, right? Uh, New York, the end of this week, yeah, the 30th. Cool. And so. it's gotten some great reviews. I and mean, I've yeah. seen the reviews in Variety and a bunch of other kind of major publications like that. Yeah. So how has this experience been? I mean, you've you've tackled this huge goal. You made it in the course of... Six months shooting only on weekends. You didn't fail. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly not. Um, I mean, has this just been like a surreal ride? I mean, what are you hoping to kind of get from this? My my original goal when starting off doing this, um, when I put the script on there, uh, or when I put the ad on Craigslist looking for a script, is I wanted to do three movies as quickly as possible and as cheap as possible so that I could show investors that look, I can, I can make movies, give me money. And I was kind of following the, you know, Duplass brothers. If you look like they have puffy chair and I think they did a couple like smaller movies that nobody saw before that. And, um, they did it. So they did a couple of small movies and they got Cyrus, which was like an $8 million movie. And so I was like, I I see how that path happens. Um, I can do that. Um, uh, Drake Doremus did, uh, Spooner, um, and, uh, douchebag which one was in slam dance and then one was in sundance and then he got like crazy and then now he has a, a big movie so i'm like that's that's what i want to do i want to do these small movies um and and now you can do it so cheaply with the equipment so i was gonna say what did you guys shoot on uh, did, uh you probably had access to all sorts of equipment from your uh from well, your contacts yeah well i had um the good thing i my dp who was awesome um because originally like in removing my blocks i'm like i'm shooting this movie any way possible like i'll just do it myself i'll shoot it with camcorders and do it myself like to me that that wasn't the important thing the important thing was the story and the performances and i was going to capture any way i could um but he's the dp that i i do a lot of my abc promo stuff with and we just shot a, a music video for modern family and um he was after like hey if you ever are doing any projects you know let me know i'd love to to work with you and um and so he he offered his equipment and basically volunteered his time and he really took it to like another level like i really like how the film looks like it still has this gritty indie look but it's not crappy camera stuff and there definitely was an adjustment period time in the beginning getting used to it because because i still had in my head of kind of doing this no lights thing and for him he's you know like if i'm not setting up a light what am i here for you know so uh, but when he set up lights, it looked better and I just had to let go and let him do his job, which was, this was a good learning experience for me too. And then once I did that, we, we started working really well together and, and he started to see some of my ideas of like, maybe we don't need a light here. And, hmm. and I, th- I think, um, it was, it was a good experience for both of us. Like we we definitely bonded over it and we've done many projects at ABC since then and, um, Right. It's definitely a good relationship. If you don't mind me asking, uh, and you don't have to answer this, uh, what was the budget for the film? Um, the, the the first number I think I told my wife was um, fifteen grand is what I thought I said we would spend, and I think now it's at fifty. So, so at, at, in the can, fifty grand. Yeah, something like that. Well, that's pretty. I mean, the film looks great. Like I said, I haven't seen it unfortunately, right. but the trailer and everything I've seen. I mean, it looks pretty. Great for fifty grand. That's yeah. You got some and great results. Yeah, and and having my job helps because I ha- I do have access to things and and also the experience I've had ten years of, of shooting things and and editing and and doing stuff. So I know how to do things inexpensively that other people may not. 
have that ability or, or just the access I have to people that can do the job and do it well. I love though, that you have that access, you have these resources, you have all this experience. And yet the thing I've heard you say the most during this, the course of this entire conversation is I just had to let go. Like you've said that multiple times and it's so, uh, uh, it's so amazing to me. And I think such a lesson for all of the filmmakers and actors and writers and directors and anybody who's listening to this, that like you had, you know, even with this access to the equipment and, and, and all the experience you had, you really just had to like, let go and trust that it was going to happen and that, you know, you weren't going to fail. And like you said, if you did, so what, right. You know, um, I think that's, the, I think it's the biggest lesson I'm taking from you know yeah, your absolutely. story. And, and the thing is, like, I don't even think of <clears throat> f- failure. Now failure has no meaning to me in a way because it's I, – I, I, I don't fear failure because it's all a learning process. Like, there is no failure. Like, that's the great thing. Like, I didn't understand that before, but there really is no failure. Like, even if I was completely flop, I've, I guarantee you I'm learning something when I'm flopping. That's the letting go, really, is, like, understanding that there is no failure. Like, hmm. you can't go wrong. What a great philosophy to have, that there that you just, you're always learning, you know? I think Thomas Edison said it. There's a story about, uh, you know, a young man who came to Thomas Edison's doorstep one day and he said, like, you know, like, how how did you, I think it was the kid was a journalist and he asked him, he said, how does it feel knowing that, you know, you've been trying to make this light bulb or invention or whatever, and you've, you've, you've failed 5,000 times. Like you've any, and that Edison said, um, you don't understand how it works. I haven't failed. I have simply discovered 5,000 ways it won't work. <laughs> right. And I, <laughs> it's always just such a noodle baker for me. I'm like, oh my God, I got to really adopt that. So it sounds like that's, that's it for you. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a great operating and, and I think philosophy. For me too, like um, that I, I did writing stuff. I still, now I'm writing my next feature. Like as a writer, I, it allows me to be in bad situations or like before, like I would, I think hold out bad relationships a little bit longer just to see where they went. And then like you can pull story, but like being a writer is a great excuse for anything bad going on. It's like, well, let me just see what happens here <laughs> and, and, you know, marinate uh, this and, and sort of soak it in and I'll, I'll be able to use this later because that's, you know, pain and stuff is, is probably the most, universal thing that I think we can all relate to Adele won how many Grammys. Oh my God. And, yeah. And that's all about heartbreak. Yeah. Like if that's <laughs> that breakup just earned her $10 million. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, it's that re- she, she sings with that pain that, you know, everyone can relate to. And that's kind yeah. of uh, Alanis Morissette, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, how many, how many like top forty songs? Like, what's the what's the ratio? I wonder of like just Heartache. depressing. You killed me. Yeah. I hate you songs to yeah. like. Isn't it the beautiful day songs? Right. You know? Like what? Like beautiful three to a hundred. Yeah. yeah. There's like three beautiful yeah. day songs. Yeah. Uh, what, so so what's next then? I mean, you you said you're working on another feature. I mean, you're obviously gonna. This is gonna get distribution somehow. I, I, I yeah, assume. Yes, it'll it'll end up probably like VOD, DVD, something like that. So we'll be able to see it on iTunes or something. Yes, yeah, sooner rather than later. Woo! That's cool. I, I really want to see it. Yeah, I feel, too. I feel okay. like a chump sitting here talking to him about the film and not having seen it. But you are a chump, oh. Trevor. Yeah, hopefully you won't see it and be like, oh my god, why do we? Wait, did, did we post that yet? <laughs> Just pull it, man. Pull it, pull it, pull it. Pull pull it. it. Um, yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, I want to do, hopefully, you know, I like I was talking about, I had a three-picture plan, but now that I've done this, 
I think that I can speed that process up and hopefully be the, this next one. Um, I'm going to try to get some people involved, some more names and then, um, but if that doesn't work, then I'm just going to go back to this level and shoot it again, you know, and, and do it. Cause like, I, I, I don't want to, I'm, I want to be constantly moving and, and doing so. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying earlier that, um, you know, filmmaking really isn't difficult. Right. And I was telling you like that, that's always been a block for me that I have it in my head that somehow it should be really difficult. It should be a struggle. And you were saying it's, yeah. it's not. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I, I mean, my opinion, like I, I try to, as like a producer and director, I try to simplify it and make it as easy as possible. Like I don't do as much, um, like actory kind of things as, as I used to either. Like, uh, I used to really do a lot of rehearsals and I think I'd over rehearse. And, and some of that is definitely like inexperience and when you're over rehearsing and you're not with a, without a point kind of thing. Uh, but I'm, I'm come much more to realize, especially doing TV stuff and working with really great actors, like the cast of modern family or whatever, like all those are like top notch comedy people. So, yeah. so when you're, when you're directing them, you realize, how if you have the right person doing it, you, it doesn't take that much. All you have to do is make sure they understand the intention. And if there's like a, a button or some, some type of blow to a joke, or something like that, make sure that they know where they're going and, and that that's being hit. Um, but you can really get out of their way and let them be who they are, you know, inherit that character. And um, so before I think I, I try to like over intellectualize it, um, and obviously everyone's different and every actor is different, but I've definitely like in this movie, I, I stepped back a lot. Christina actually would, um, who was the producer and, and actor, she would run lines with them and stuff like that. And she would, I think get more actory with them than I, I would. And, um, I, you know, whether they like that or not, I don't know, but I, I'm sure to some degree, like when you're working on a craft, you always like getting some feedback. Um, but, uh, so I think filmmaking definitely, is easy and can be easy and should be easy. Like there's, there's, it, it's pretty simple. Like you, you need a camera and you need something to shoot. You need like a location and you need, um, you know, people that that's it's really it. Yeah. That's it. That's like the Ed Burns school of filmmaking. It's right, like right. you got a three man crew an actor and a room and you're right. You're set and just get the bare minimum of what you need. Like don't have extra people. Like, cause I think a lot of times there's a vanity thing where like you want lots of people on the set. You like want a big set and you want like big equipment and big light setup and all this. And, and it's like scaling back the vanity and like, what do we actually need to achieve this scene? Um, and what's the simplest thing? So that's, that to me is you can make filmmaking really easy because mm-hmm. unless you're doing a big car explosion, there's, you don't need that. That's cool much. too. I mean, now we have the tools to do that, you know, 10, five, even five years ago, it wasn't, it was you couldn't really do that kind of thing unless you had at least access to a lot of money or had friends with the kind of equipment. But now it's like, you can get a camera and that's a point and shoot camera that shoots great video right. and nobody has to know that you're shooting. Right. I mean, AJ was, t- was shooting a, a short, uh, or it was a short film that was a couple weeks ago and he, he had lav mics on the actress with him. They both had yeah. lav mics. They were on the promenade and their, their DP was in a car across the street shooting them yep. out the window. That's and awesome. they did, they did the, like how many, how much of the, it was like 20% of the film was probably shot that way. That's awesome. Yeah. No That's, permits or anything. Yeah. We usually have two questions that we like to ask, uh, 
all our all our guests. Oh, I know. Oh, was, he, was he giving me the signal? Yeah, he gave you the two. I got the uh, universal sign language for two questions. Two questions. Um, and these two questions are a little bit new agey, a little bit woo woo, but but bear with us. The first one is: um, Do you feel like this this industry chose you, or do you feel like you chose it? I chose it. Wow, that was the fastest response we've ever gotten for yep. that question. Yep. I usually edit out. I have to edit out the long pause <laughs> because it's like 10 minutes of, of silence there. Oh, uh, yeah. No, so you chose sure. it definitely yeah. just like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What, why uh, Why so definitive? Um, like I was talking about before as a, a kid, like that's what I wanted to do was make movies. And it's it's strange because I don't even know why. You know, it's not like I, like a lot of people say like, oh, I saw this movie and I knew I wanted to make and. I don't have that story of like, because I, my dad took me to these movies, then I, for, you know, I wanted to make this movie and do that. I, I just, something happened when I was growing up and it just became something I, I wanted to do. And I, we did go to a lot of movies as a child. Like that was our going out entertainment thing. And, and that was sort of in the height of VHS and beta. And we always would rent a lot of movies. And, um, and so I think that maybe, subliminally or something like that. That was our family coming together and I wanted to be a part of that. Um, but maybe I'm just making that up. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, if you weren't in this industry doing what you're doing, what else do you think you might be doing? Oh, question one, part B. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> one right. B, one that's, B. that's not our second question. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> so three questions. Uh, I, I would probably be an artist. The, a for visual sure. artist or yeah, like painting or drawing or something like a graphic designer or something like that. Wow. Okay. Um, so, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and the second official question, um, if you could, uh, let me, let me phrase this kind of two separate ways here, batch it into the same question. If you could a do your film all over again or do that whole process over again. And I'm, you know, all the way from when you just came out of film school, right. Then, um, and B, take all your experience and distill it down into one nugget. What would you, A, do differently or the same, uh, or B, offer to somebody as, as that one nugget of advice? Um, I, I wouldn't do anything differently because, again, my philosophy is that there are no mistakes and it's all a learning process. Love so, it. Right I, on. So you can't... It's It's all been good. Like, there's even all the bad things that happened was all learning experience. And now I won't do that mistake again. Mm -hmm. So, um, d distilling it down to a little nugget is, is the, that stupid Nike slogan. Just do it. Yeah. Just, Just do, do it. it. Just do the work. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We have a, a huge chunk of our audience is, is, um, you know, actors who are interested in the DIY filmmaking stuff. They want to make their own stuff. Right. So, so for them, it would just be, it's so, it's so doable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I really think that actors should do more of that because, uh, you know, the, the shitty thing of being an actor is you're waiting for somebody to come and say, Hey, you're good enough to play this part. You know, you're, uh, you're great. Like there's a, um, a quote, uh, Albert Einstein, uh, that everybody's a genius. Um, but if you're a fish and somebody tells you to go up a tree and, and your whole life, you think you should go up this tree, you're going to, you're going to feel stupid. It's like you, you have, there's, there's waiting for someone to, to get approval for, you know, I'm going to cast you in this. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's uh, to me be much more fulfilling if you have an idea and you go seek out a writer and if you're not a writer yourself and then just make whatever project that's best for you. You know, if you're a fish, make something about a fish in the water rather mm -hmm. than waiting for some part to come along where a fish, 
you know, like, like my lead actor, he's a 400 pound guy, you know, how, how many parts are there for 400 pound guys? So if there wasn't my movie, you know, I, I think it'd be a great idea for him to create something apart for himself where it's about him and his size. Mm hmm. We, we like to say on this podcast, kind of unofficially, and I, I, I'm not sure how certain I have of this now, being you know like a year since we've started saying it, but that all actors really should be writers as well, yeah. or, or at least have some writing chops. Yeah. Do you feel pretty much the same way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you could probably say the same thing about directors should be actors, too. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I never thought of it the uh, well, opposite way. Yeah. I think, I mean, the more you know about all the different positions, the I think the better. Yeah you'll be off. And it's funny too, because th- this day and age in 2012, it's really important. I think for artists in, working in this industry to have chops in all the different kind of areas, actors should have writing and directing right. and producing chops. Right. And 10, 15 years ago, if you were all those things, people were like, dude, you need to pick one. Right. You need to find a, a Absolutely. focus. And, and I think it helped like Christina, my producer, she's she's an actor i don't even really think she wants to be a producer um she was just doing it kind of as a favor uh, but what a great experience for her to really fully understand the whole process of making a movie and so when you're an actor and you show up on set you know like what all these other people are doing and what's really important for or you know like the other stuff you can give to the production being an actor um i i think that that's great knowledge to have that otherwise you just don't have or or being in an audition room on the other side of the table where you see people come in and audition and you start to realize um you don't it's 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 silly to say because of course you're going to be nervous but like you really shouldn't be that nervous because we want to like you and if you're not right for the part it's just because you're not right for the part it's not because you're a bad actor it's just because you're not right for the part so like i if you're there it's because somebody saw you and thought you look good and and they're already complimenting you by bringing you in and just because you come in and you don't quite fit for whatever they're looking for it's it's not a knock against you and I, I think that if you were, if you did auditions, you start the more actors, I think if more actors did auditions and, and sat on the other side of the table, they would realize that, that this, it's just a process of like seeing if you work, see if it's kind of like going on a date, you know, just not all dates work out. So you just go and see if, you know, these two things mesh together, but it's not a personal knock against an actor if they don't get a role. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good advice always something we we actors need to hear um ryan thank you so much for for Absolutely. sitting down with us if people want to find out more about you maybe get in touch with you where can they go um to hell <laughs> i was not expecting that <laughs> <laughs> <My God. laughs> and bye bye good night <laughs> all right take care see you later uh, no, if people want to contact me, they can go to uh, ryansage.com. dot com. Cool. Um, cool. And do yeah. you are you are you on the Twitters and the Facebooks? There we have the. I am on Facebook as as Ryan Sage. We also have worth the wait the movie dot com, and then there's uh, WTW movie. There's an at symbol before that for Twitter at WTW movie. Oh, cool for Twitter. Great. Um, Great. And if that's not right, go to the Facebook first, and then that'll lead you. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, uh, please, please friend us on the on the Facebook. Cool, cool. Please well, uh, this has been really fantastic, and I know I took away a, a couple of really good nuggets here. So thanks again for sitting down with us. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Had fun.
Hey guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed part two of our chat with filmmaker Ryan Sage. Obviously a lot to uh, to take away from this interview. And if there's one thing that I could take away, a big takeaway from this this conversation we had with him, it's that there is no magic pill for making a film. You know, there may be steps that you can take, that you can replicate, that other people have done. You know, a, a list maybe that you can kind of check off so you make sure you cover all the bases when you m- make something huge and epic, like a, you know, like a feature film. But the, the secret that everybody's looking for, the kind of, you know, magic pill is, is hard work. And going to those, those deep, dark places and finding out what it's going to take. And then as you, you know, come across people and things and situations that are going to stand in your way, getting creative about ways to get around those things so you can make that film happen or that album of music happen or that screenplay happen or that book happen or that dance that you've been choreographing happen, you know, whatever it is, um, finding out what it takes and then just not stopping, just persisting, persisting, persisting. And that's one thing I've noticed that AJ's been doing since he got back from the uh, MITT training. He's been setting deadlines on everything that's important to him for his career and his personal life. And he's been holding fast to those deadlines even when things come up and seemingly, you know, kind of threaten to throw everything out of whack and throw everything off schedule. And I've just noticed him kind of not give in to that and just say, okay, well, we got to get it done in the next week. What is it going to take? What do we have to do? Kind of thing. So... Uh, really, really good stuff. Thank you very much, Ryan, for sitting down with us. If any of you listening have not seen the trailer for his film, check it out. We'll stick a link up on the website. And um, check out Ryan's personal site, too. He's done some really amazing work and uh, obviously continues to do a lot of amazing work. My pick of the week this week is a film that I that I kind of picked off the shelf uh, from one of my roommates. Uh, she bought a, you know, one of those kind of, you know, five DVDs for $25 at one of the blockbuster going into business sales. And one of the movies she picked up was a movie called Catfish that I had heard a little bit about. I heard it was good, but I hadn't really heard much else about it. And, uh, it really affected me in some very unexpected ways. The, the movie is very unexpected and, um, unexpectedly heartbreaking and funny and, uh, man, like what a study in, uh, in human nature. <laughs> I don't want to say anything about it because anybody listening to this who doesn't know about it, I think it's almost better if you watch that movie, not really knowing much about it and it's kind of letting it take you on that ride and, and exposing you to the, some of the stuff that it does without you kind of knowing what's coming. So, uh, God, I can't recommend it enough. Catfish is the name of the movie. It's an indie film really worth checking out. Link is on the website. That is all she wrote for episode 77. Uh, lots of ways that anybody listening to this can help and support and contribute to the podcast if you'd like to see it keep going. First off and foremost, we're on the web at InsideActingPodcast.com, and we'd love it if you would tell your friends about this podcast if you get something valuable out of it. If you'd like to communicate with us, make suggestions, uh, offer feedback, or just tell us how much you like the podcast, we love, 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 love hearing from uh, anybody and everybody who might uh, come across this podcast, regardless of what that uh, that comment or feedback might be. So you can shoot us an email at InsideActingPodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a comment on our website at InsideActingPodcast.com, and you can uh, call us if you'd like and leave us a voicemail. Our voicemail line is 213-2-ACTORS. That's 213-222-8677. 
Likewise, you can find us on Twitter. We are at twitter.com slash inside acting. That's kind of our podcast account, and we try and post a lot of interesting things there that we don't normally post elsewhere. Uh, and you can also follow us individually if you feel so inclined. I am at twitter.com slash Trevor Algott, and AJ is at twitter.com slash digital actor. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash inside acting, as well as on iTunes and actorated.com. Just do a search on, uh, on either one of those, and it'd be great if you dig what we're doing that you uh, hopped on there and, and left us a, a nice review. That'd be very cool. We ask that if you don't like what we're doing or something really, really irks you or bugs you or you wish would, we would change about the podcast or fix or whatever, let us know what that is first and then let us kind of fix it or provide an explanation for why we maybe won't fix it or something. I don't know. Just get in touch with us first. And then if you still hate us and you really want to kind of vent to the internet about it, then you can go on there and, and do that. But, you know, karma, man. Karma. Why would you do that? Karma's a bitch. Leave us a nice review. It all comes back. If you really, really, really like what we're doing, you can donate to the podcast. There's uh, Everything we do for this podcast comes out of our own pocket, so um, it's really nice to have help from our listeners to help kind of pay the expenses, replace equipment, uh, help you know cover a tank of gas here and there for all the driving around town we do to interview our guests, things like that. So two ways you can do that. You can hop online and click the Donate button. Uh, and give us a one-time donation in any amount you choose from uh, one penny. Seriously, if that's all you can afford, one penny, that is cool. We totally get it. We're actors as well, and we know that, that it can kind of be feast or famine. So, if, But if you really love this and all you can afford is like a dollar, like seriously, do not feel embarrassed about that. Anything you can contribute uh, makes, our, makes our day, especially since this is something that takes a lot of time to do, and, uh, and we don't personally benefit financially from any of it any of it we don't make any personal money off of this so having some help to cover production costs and things like that uh, and make upgrades to the podcast as we go along is amazing you can also donate to us on a recurring monthly basis we like to call people who do this patrons no matter what however you donate to the podcast it is a tax deductible expense you can write it off as an education expense so make sure you uh, hang on to your receipts and come tax time write that off that is it for episode 77 we'll be back in two weeks probably so thanks for listening for episode 77 my name is trevor algon and we'll see you soon